I'm Jordan O'Brien, and welcome to the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me for week three of the New Leaf podcast is another good friend of mine, another Ryan, just to confuse all the listeners out there. Ryan Davies, welcome to the show. Hiya, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on you. <laughs> good, man. I can see as well for the, the listeners, this one's recorded through Skype. So Ryan has kindly joined me in wearing our Toronto Maple Leafs jerseys as well. So he's dressed the part for... A bit that you can't see. We've got to both be representing our teams at the end of the day. <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice jumper on you as well. It's a nice shirt. Thank you, mate. Supporting one of the best, uh, Austin Matthews. To see you got your Riley T-shirt on. Love that. At the time of recording as well, the Leafs are on in about an hour, an hour and a half. How are you hoping it's gonna go? And what do you make of the season so far? It's been. A g- I haven't actually paid much attention to it, but seeing how many games we've won, it seems pretty good. We have. I noticed you put something up the other day. Did Austin Matthews get injured or did I just miss that? I think he was possibly injured. Yeah, there was him and Joe Thornton, the new centre as well. The the two of them missed out through practice. Um, but I think it was more just a precautionary thing. So fingers crossed they're back in the lineup tonight um, against the Flames. That will be going out 9 o'clock UK time. And that's, that's such a pain being a sports fan of American sports and having to slog it through the night. It is horrendous. <laughs> it's so annoying. We've had so many late nights together where we've just gone, right, let's just watch the game. And it's been such a slog half the time because we're up until like four in the morning on some occasions. Oh, the worst one is if you ever play like Anaheim or the Vegas Knights and it doesn't start until five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we've stayed up to watch a few of those and that's been pretty brutal, I think, back in the Green Street days. And there's nothing worse than staying up at five to watch a match and then see your team lose. I know what it's like to be a Liverpool fan in the Philippines oh, now. I can't believe you've done <laughs> this to me. every game. I can't believe you've done this to me, especially after today. <laughs> <laughs> Again, for those listening, it may have not gone so well for Liverpool in the FA Cup, but I can't say anything myself. You know, we're not in it anymore. It's a Mickey Mouse trophy. No one's interested, really. We're both struggling with the teams we support at the minute, but it's fine. We'll get our good days again. <laughs> oh, it's been so brutal. I just give up in sports now in general. I'm I'm happy that they're back because it's something to watch and waste a bit of money on. But at the same time, it's really not good for the heart when you're sitting there sweating for 90 minutes. And then sometimes it just comes with a lot of pain, especially for you at the start of the season. But you seem to be pulling it back a little bit now, just a little bit. Uh, we're not doing too bad, I don't think. Um, There's definitely a lot of improvement with the younger players, but... It's just a calamitous club at this point. Arsenal is such a dead meme, yet they're so funny to watch. I'm so happy that Chelsea are starting to struggle, and even <laughs> Liverpool for a bit, because it takes the light off of us a bit when Big Frank is spending £200 million a summer and then failing to get a result away from home. <laughs> it's fantastic to watch. I can feel the tone in your voice with your pure hatred for Chelsea there. I just can't sort of fathom how that club is just able to spend so much money all of the time. I can't understand it. And then there's a club maybe about 45 minutes away or half an hour away by car, and we struggle so much. We're not even the biggest club in 
North London anymore of recent times. You'll have your time. You brought up a good point there. You basically speak about how money in the league just dictates everything these days. And it's quite sad to see. It really is. It's just how the teams like United are able to spend the money on the big players, City, Chelsea, and just there's other clubs just falling behind at the minute. You can see where teams who just get a load of money thrown at them and they use it wisely just benefit so much. But teams like like you've mentioned, Manchester City, who can just throw a couple of hundred million out like it's nothing to try and fix something quickly, whereas other clubs have to think long-term with players. I think that's where you'll maybe see Barcelona in a season or two's time when Messi eventually leaves because they have been absolutely shocking. They have Marcus Brethwaite from Middlesbrough playing for them. It's been so funny to watch the tides turn. I mean, you see everyone just going to Barcelona in the, in the good old days, and now all of a sudden the English team is starting to pull forward a little bit, and it's brilliant to watch. I absolutely love it at the minute. Well, for me, there's only one Spanish team that has my heart, and it's Sevilla. So I'm happy to see Barcelona dip. It means we have a chance of putting in a good performance against them, at least. But you did have the privilege to watch Messi in his prime that one time, and I'm still jealous to you this day. I watched Messi score a hat-trick live with my own eyes. It's a, sto- it's a story I'll tell everyone forever. I have seen the best three players in the world score a hat-trick. Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, David Healy versus Spain. <laughs> Those are the big three in world football. Oh, I, I don't envy you, mate. I wish I could see some of the things you've seen, but you was there at the right time. You timed it well. I just, yeah, I just got very lucky. I just got very lucky indeed. Um, the Spain one, I think, was only like my first year of ever going to like Northern Ireland matches with my dad and my granda. Um, back when the stadium hadn't been redeveloped and my granda had the three tickets, so it used to be the three of us always went to every home game qualifiers out in the rain, hail or snow, back when Northern Ireland were the minnows and were hammered by everyone. But they always had that one magic game every year or so that we all just talk about. And I'm sure it's the same with Wales too at the same time. Mate, the Euros was one of the best times of my life. I remember just what, sitting there, just watching us go all the way. It was a competition no one ever expected us to do any well in at all. And then I just see... How Robson Carnu do the greatest Cruyff turn of my life for three <laughs> Belgians and then smash it into the top corner. I was it, I was inconsolable, mate. It was the best time of my life. Yeah, and on behalf of everyone from Northern Ireland, a polite little fuck you moment <laughs> for putting us out of the competition. If had it not been for Wales in that competition, Northern Ireland then would have become the nation of that tournament themselves and Iceland. But no, you had to go all the way and nearly win the thing. If we had won it, you never would have heard the end of it. I would have just kept carrying on all the time. You wouldn't have heard the end of it. Sorry, mate. But <laughs> I would have been tortured between watching Ireland defeated in the Six Nations and Wales winning it. And that would have ruined my university experience completely. But I do have to throw a little apology out to your English fans. We all loved watching you lose to Iceland. And that little <laughs> clap at the end just made my day. Yeah, Iceland must have been completely deserted with the majority of the country over there watching it. Oh, they were all there. It was an unbelievable experience. And it's one that I really wish that I did go um, with so many friends um, from back home and hearing the stories and memories that were made. 
it's those little lifts, I suppose, that football gives you. It gives you a little bit of hope and escapism from maybe a time where it could be a little bit dark. Um, and for those for those ninety minutes, then any problems are sort of washed away with the the thrill of watching the match. And then depending on how it goes, it can either brighten your mood or it can just make everything worse, I suppose. I suppose you've you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, sports provides us with some of the greatest joys and upsets and you can possibly imagine. I mean, watching Liverpool lift the title last year, for example, was one of the greatest moments of my life. But obviously watching us lose to United today, that put me on a bit of a downer. So <laughs> swings and roundabouts in sports and that's the beautiful thing about it, mate. I know, I had that feeling all the way back in 2004, and I haven't felt it since. <laughs> anyway, enough about football, because it is such, it's a topic where we could go on for a good two or three hours, but I don't have that time when it comes to recording and editing all this. So we'll move on to something else. Um, I know from speaking to you, you've been working quite a bit through the COVID pandemic, and you've had a little bit of a job change as well. Firstly, how did you find working prior to switching career paths it's a good question um well it's met very much like some of your other people you've had on the show um i worked in tesco's working the retail and we all know what retail can be like it's, it can be <laughs> one of the hardest jobs you can ever experience i don't think people truly understand the impact of the retail industry sometimes working through covid was oh, it was a difficult time i mean everyone was stressed out i mean i was doing the deliveries at the time so taking Jan down the lane, for example, her milk, which we didn't have semi-skimmed at the time, and then you have to give her a skim milk and you deal with the backlash of that. It's quite it's quite a grueling experience sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you've had the same experience working in Lidl's now. Yeah, it's been tough as well. I think we don't have the delivery side of things that we have to deal with, so all of our problems are completely in-store. But to be fair to Lidl, actually, they have responded quite well in terms of having plenty of stock since. I read a news article that was about Little and Brexit, and they have had a plan in from around 2017, 2018. And Northern Ireland has pla- had a plan from them to deal with when we finally leave the EU and have stocked up with local suppliers in Northern Ireland, local suppliers um, in the Republic as well. So stores like Sainsbury's, who have had to go to other suppliers of other supermarkets to stock their shelves. Little has been able to supply their own normal stuff to all their customers and haven't really had to batter an eyelid at it. So to be fair, they have been prepared, but my God, we weren't prepared for the amount of people coming in. Oh, definitely not. I mean, I don't know if you've suffered the same thing in your store, but right back at the start we had a situation where it was like a flower crisis there was no pasta in the store <laughs> we, we all know the toilet roll dilemma oh i mean my God. i i was living on kitchen roll for about three weeks <laughs> it was one of the worst experiences ever i mean people just went nuts they were panic buying everything and i mean coming from my background i understood that there was nothing to do with well needing toilet roll because of this virus and seeing what people were buying you were just sort of like you really don't understand what's going on. And I think that's been one of the biggest problems about this virus. Nobody actually knows what's going on. Yeah, people just understand the basics, which is the symptoms of maybe a sore head and lack of taste, and that's it. They don't actually understand the effects it has on the actual human body, other than shortness of breath. 
So they automatically assume the worst and think that like every disease, you're going to have the shits for four and a half weeks. Well, that's what you'd swear everyone thought they were going to have. I mean, yeah, just the retail industry is so flippant. It changes all the time. I mean, I've loved working in Tesco's. It was one of the best times of my life. I met so many new people. But at the same time, I think it had such a negative impact sometimes on my health as an individual. I mean, back in the Green Street days, I think I kind of shielded it quite well. But it definitely comes with a stigma that a lot of people don't understand. I mean, as students, we're signed on like zero hour contracts, which people just think, oh, yeah, it's fine. You've got a job. I mean, but some of the crap we have to put up with is unbelievable. I'd sometimes come home and I'd just be like, I just really don't want to do anything. I dread going to work the next few days. I mean, it destroys you, retail does sometimes. Yeah, even even scenarios where it's either a customer, another colleague, or a former senior management, a little moment in work, just when you are having a bad day, can snowball so quickly and just ruin absolutely everything about that shift. And again, you pointed it out, coming home and letting work affect you is sometimes, it's something that we can't help because you can't just flick a switch and suddenly forget about everything and pretend it never happened. It is going to affect you. And if it keeps happening as well, it is going to creep in somewhere and affect either your studies or family or relationships that you have with others as well. It'll slowly creep in. And if it's not fixed or corrected in the right way, it can just fester and ruin so many nice things. Yeah, it just it just has the ability to drag you down. I mean, luckily now I've finished my studies in uni, but when I was doing my master's, I mean, lockdown kicked in and I was living on my own in Swansea and I felt so isolated at times where you just think, Christ, I need to change something up. I mean, I can't keep going back to work to do this. I mean, obviously you've got your friends to call to and but I guess sometimes you just want you just want to be on your own and when you're on your own you tend to think more about the work that you've just undergone and what you've just experienced throughout the day. Don't get me wrong, you meet some lovely customers. They can make your day. They can brighten everything up. But it was just COVID kicked in such a negative attitude that a lot of people overlook. I feel so sorry for students that are currently undergoing these situations because they're just living on their own. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite thankful that I haven't had that experience. I felt that in a different way, obviously moving away from home and living in a completely different place. So I had no friends and family around me um, when I first moved over. So I have a little bit of experience to draw on, but be stuck over there and not even have your classmates or anyone that you were close with while you're away. And not be able to then have those connections outside of classes and outside of work. It just strikes me as a recipe for a lifetime of sort of regret because you aren't able to go out and make memories with people and also the psychological aspect of not being able to relieve any stresses. I guess it's just you sort of feel trapped if you're looking for a way to adjust to that. You can't you can't make memories like you said. It's just such a different world we live in. I mean, this year I couldn't think of many memories to talk about of what's happened it's gone by in a flash but it's also been so slow at the same time 2020 as a, a year wasn't really one for the history books in terms of your life chapter like it was a year ago i came over and visited i was there last february 2020 about a week and a half before lockdown restrictions kicked in in march 
because I came over and Ireland and Wales were playing in the Six Nations. And I was over for that week and visited you guys. And that's the last time I was over. It's been almost a year since I've seen you. That's actually mad to think. You can't believe how quick time has gone. Yeah, and sitting with you and Steve and watching ice hockey or meeting up with people I used to live with or play football with and going out with the, the fives on a night out for score unbelievable <laughs> didn't end well but i'm sure a lot of your listeners will agree after giving you a drink your voice raises by like 10 octaves it was one of the highest <laughs> screeches i've ever heard that one time i saw you oh yeah night out jordan is not someone that you really want to meet you want to meet sit in the pub and throw darts jordan he's a much more chilled person than <laughs> squealing like an 18 year old fresher jordan but now and again he might creep out you never know just depends on the type of drink <laughs> Speaking of drinking as well, I just can't wait to go out and actually have a proper drink and sit down. Literally, the time where I'm watching the news and Boris Johnson comes out holding a pint of Guinness and says, guys, we made it. Go to the pubs. It'll be the best day of my life. Is <laughs> the meme we're all dreaming of. It is the meme we've all been dreaming of. Boris Johnson eventually coming out holding a pint like he's in the Winchester saying and it's all blown over and we can go out now and we can have a drink. <laughs> Remember when we all thought it would last a month and we'd be back to normal? Oh, God. <laughs> I think I'd take about two weeks off work and just stop and just waste all my money. Just buy drinks and yeah. go, go to town. <laughs> we'll go on a national lockdown where it's only bars are open. No shops. Two weeks. Let loose. Get it all out of us now. Yes, singing. But, yeah, going back to what you were saying, your original question. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get out of Tesco's um yeah I applied for a job in the NHS and with that I've actually started working on one of the COVID departments oh very nice so yeah you've actually went from a degree at university one that's actually quite useful as well might I add and you've now gone into the profession that you're looking to do so I'm really chuffed for you fantastic mate thank you for that it's been it's been such a boost just obviously going into out of the frying pan and into the fire, so to speak. That's what it feels <laughs> like at the minute. But, um, yeah, it's been brilliant. I mean, you get hands-on with what's actually going on and you actually get a bit more of an understanding of what's going on. So, obviously, there's a lot of scary things going on in the world. We're learning about these new strains, the South Africa strain. I mean, there's one from Brazil as well now. I mean, out of everything we've heard, people are making it out to be worse than it actually is. And I feel like, Sometimes I read what's going on on Facebook. You've got all these toilet seat geniuses coming out to the coming out to the <laughs> waxworks to saying everything. I mean, Christ, I've actually had the vaccine as well. If that's what you want to, if just to bring that into the case, but yeah, hearing everything that people are saying is just you don't understand where people are getting their information from. It's just ridiculous. I'm sure you've found a few articles out there. I mean, for instance, seeing people go seeing people go into shock after having these vaccines and people are saying oh the vaccine does this what you don't understand is it's actually people having an allergic reaction no that's what i was going to say it was an article that i came across mentioned that a doctor had taken a reaction to it and died and they said he was fit and healthy in his 40s but ultimately it was just an allergic reaction to whatever was in it and that's perfectly it's perfectly understandable because there is not one thing in the world i find that agrees with everyone's body that's just the way genetics and our bodies are made up we're not all the same there are slight differences in everything 
So it's people nitpicking pretty much to find something that supports their argument of I'm not taking this vaccine because it'll do X, Y, and Z and I'll end up living in a Zimmer frame for 40 years and having to eat all my food through a metal straw. No, it's bullshit. It, well, it might end up like that. You never know if it reacts to their body or not. But it's just that kind of scaremongering has been the actual second sort of pandemic. You know, you've had the actual virus, but then the amount of scaremongering that's been done throughout media outlets everywhere has probably put more fear into people than necessary. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's got to put their two pence in these days. I mean, they just don't... Everyone has to have an opinion and everyone needs to make it heard. I mean, you've got so many people sharing these things where they're just saying how, obviously, they're going to get microchipped. I mean, I was driving down and I thought, oh, here we go. Now I've had the vaccine. I'm going to get the police to follow me to McDonald's, get my chicken nuggets. I mean, here we go. <laughs> you're suddenly online buying a shitload of Microsoft products and you're sitting there with your Windows XP t-shirt. Mini Bill Gates in the making. Once we've had the vaccine, we'll all be joining the Matrix by the sound of half these theorists. <laughs> it's such rubbish. It, it's just completely bonkers. There's a guy comes into work and there's a few people who don't know who I'm talking about when they listen to this, but he comes in and all he wants to do is talk about how this is all fabricated and it's been released in a lab and how it's not a pandemic anymore. The WHO has listed it as just this and i read this article that said that and he is like a trump supporter for the vaccine oh god next thing you know he'll be drinking drinking dettol be <laughs> best. just just advise him to do that and see what he says if he supports in that way just he's gonna start wiping his arse with disinfectant wipes and hopefully it will seep in <laughs> and he'll not have as much shite in him hey tell him to try it out first and if it works we can all do the same then but i can bet that it won't if it doesn't, then I might be in trouble from my employers. But hey ho, sacrifices have to be made to make great discoveries. We're all making the great fight currently. Like you said, everyone has to take sacrifices. <laughs> Any effort is very welcome. Um, so you are working in the hospitals now, as you mentioned, and you're on the, the COVID wing. What are the increased pressures that you are facing and the rest of your medical team too? Well... To be honest, since I've come in, it actually sounds like it's gone a lot better because when I say I work on the COVID department, basically we process all the samples to try and give everyone their positive and negative results. So when I wasn't there, I've actually got a close friend who was working there before me and he was explaining how, well, due to the pressures that have all built up, at the start, they basically had so many samples coming in that they just could not control it. I mean, this was a team of 20 that's now moved on to a team of six, between 60 and 80. Back at the start of this virus, obviously, a lot of people didn't understand. So this is how it's all changed. We now have the manpower to control everything that's going on. I mean, I dread to think what it was like back at the start because it just sounded like hell. You come in and there's thousands of samples waiting for you just to be worked. But yeah it's slowly getting better now we've worked out our routines everyone's more organized and hopefully we just all want it to slow down so we can get back to a normal way of life yeah that's one of the things that they've always stressed in the news it's how the health service has been under increased pressure from the very start but i think it's a little bit reassuring to hear from you that it seems to be slightly easier obviously 
your hospital could be completely different to other places that are maybe hit harder. What has South Wales actually been like in terms of cases and admissions? Well, I actually live in one of the poorest counties in Wales, so we're in Blaine of Gwent, and there's been a lot of, well, county statistics coming up for the UK and how each county borough is doing with the virus. At one point, we were the fourth worst. So the cases, we were riddled with COVID at the time. And luckily, fingers crossed, I still haven't got this virus and none of my family have. So we've all been very lucky. But I know a lot of people have caught this virus and it's really made them feel ill. It's not a joke what people actually think about it. I mean, this is very real and is affecting so many people. I mean, how's it been over here in your area? Lisburn actually to be fair, has been one of the better places for um, not having cases. There are the odd one that sort of slips in now and again, but in terms of people I have known, there's maybe only a handful of people that I've been made aware that have actually had it and have overcome it. Um, there are some places, though, sort of around the North Coast that have probably been the worst areas, maybe around Coleraine and Londonderry, Ballymena has been quite bad and even over then towards Fermanagh direction. Yeah. I know that'll mean nothing to you, but <laughs> <laughs> those are the places that sort of have been the worst. Yeah. Thankfully, again, working with so many people on a weekly basis, I am surprised that I haven't caught it yet because statistics would argue that because I am coming into contact with so many customers on a daily basis that I should at some point. And the other thing as well is, and listeners won't know this as well, I have an exemption to masks as well. It's not through any personal reason, and I'm not trying to say that you can't force me to wear it. It's just due to my own personal reasons that I can't. Yeah. And I'm still taking all the precautions of social distancing in work and sanitizing and cleaning my hands because we do that anyway. In term, even when I'm working over in the bakery section and I'm preparing food, you know, I'll clean my hands and sanitize before and I'll clean after because of COVID and also because of cross-contamination and different ingredients that people might be allergic to, you know, crossing over on the other, other foods. So with that being said, I actually am surprised that I haven't had it. Obviously, sometimes you don't show symptoms and maybe it's been there and you haven't noticed it, but none of my family, none of my close friends, anyone that we've worked with as well have actually had it, and I'm kind of shocked a little bit. That makes me think how lucky you, you are, really, because if you're not even wearing a mask in work, you've got to be doing something, right? It also makes me question of how are so many cases being spread? What are, I don't understand what people are doing to spread this virus, because in most cases, if somebody gets it in work, we're just on lock. We're sort of like locked down. They isolate who's had it, they've isolated who's been in contact, and most places are controlling it so well, but some others are just, I just don't understand. I just really don't get it sometimes. Yeah, we've been very fortunate as a store that we have not had anyone whatsoever. I think there was maybe one person whose partner had it, but even still, while she was isolating with him, she never got it. <laughs> so even that is a phenomenon as well. But yeah, on a personal note, to somehow... I've come through it for almost a year unscathed while still taking necessary precautions that we've been told from the start and the added fact of not wearing the mask. I must be doing something right. If there's any 
medical experts listening out there, I'll happily take a couple of hundred pounds for a test. <laughs> you can try it out on me and maybe I have an immunity to it or something. You might be one of the lucky immune people. You could be you could be the cult. you could be the cure. I could be the one that will save the world and I'm just sitting here now doing nothing. You may miraculously disappear and people will start doing some testing on you in some dingy dingy cell. <laughs> It'll end up like some Deadpool style sort of torture where I'm wired up and put through all these tests to become superhuman and then I go around and infect people. We'll have to put you in some sort of red suit and make you a mock Ryan Reynolds now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the real superheroes of all this are the people in stores, the people in hospitals and the people who have done their absolute best to try and slow the curve as they always say so big thank you to everyone's efforts so far as i said before we will get through it at some point there is a light coming we'll be able to enjoy ourselves a bit more in a more public setting than just having a zoom quiz every week so it, it, things will change guys don't worry i can promise you that now the life of zoom quizzes has actually made me ready for the chase i think i should be jumping on and trying to win some money <laughs> well anyone listening out there um there is a quiz every Saturday so far on the Lambeg Facebook page if you want to go over and check it out. It is very interesting and some of the questions are actually quite easy. So if you're not the most clever person, you have a chance at least scoring one. Bit of, bit of home advertising there. I rate that from your podcast. Awesome. Absolute home advertising for the band. And if you're at it as well, feel free to join when we're out walking <laughs> next year. And we will be massive. We've had to change our trip to next year we were supposed to be going back over to Belgium to the Somme in France and a load of different places and we've had to push it back again another year so I've been waiting from 2018 to get back over such a long time and I'm fuming <laughs> how do you how do you feel that obviously infrastructures of clubs have survived because of this virus I mean obviously I don't know how your band group has been coping with everything going on I don't want to delve into the finances too much because I'm not fully aware of it, but our band is obviously completely voluntary, so there's no payments made to members. Everything is done through our own sort of hard work and graft. Um, so there hasn't really been that many sort of outgoing payments other than paying for the trip to Belgium and the hotel. So we've managed to get a lot of the money back and then just rebook it for the following year. But we have the quiz on Facebook and for a while, while the courses were open, we were able to go out in small groups, still social distance on the golf course because if anyone's seen me play golf, I'm nowhere near where I need to be. So there's hardly a bugger around other than some squirrels and leaves. But it was those little small things where we were able to still have a little interaction in a completely different setting. I think it's actually sort of strengthened us in a little bit doing these little different things. It's been nice to have a little break, to be honest. There's, for those obviously listening outside of Northern Ireland, being in a band actually requires quite a lot of dedication. Some people see it as something where they can just turn up on a weekend, play and then go home. There's so much work goes into planning trips away, the committee, which I've been on a few times, actually do put a shift in and try and organise uniforms, um, new members, instruments, and it does cost money, so there's quite a lot of funding in it as well. But saying that, enjoying the time off, 
I really just want to get back out there and start doing it all over again. Yeah, I completely understand. I mean, back in the days when we were living at Gwynn Street, I'm pretty sure you went home for a week or two. I'm sure you performed during that time. Like, as soon as you got home, it was like two days later. I think, yeah, it was... I went back around April time and had a couple of parades that weekend. And that was my Friday and Saturday nights. One was actually the day I got home. So I got home off the plane straight to the house in the uniform and away again no sleep whatsoever and having traveled from Treff over to Bristol to get a flight and then home it's about four or five hours travel with all the trains and buses and then just to go straight out have a laugh with your mates parade and then go home again I miss that buzz so much of getting ready and going out it's like the butterflies you get before playing a football match or a rugby match or something important but you do it every week and you love it so much it's going to be such a fun time back when everything's open like you said i mean i miss playing rugby games i miss just being able to comfortably go outside and just take part in an activity and not feel like you're breaking the law it's just (laughs) (laughs) having your second walk of the day and feeling illegal it's like could you imagine an episode of crime watch now it's like oh Jean's been caught walking a dog for the second time today. She's breaking the exercise law. It's like everyone will be wearing ankle brace like, like Jamie Vardy was back in his prime. <laughs> He'd be well, maybe, maybe, maybe there is something in the vaccine. That's what it is. They know where we are. I'm telling you. It's like I said, I went for my McDonald's and they were behind me. I mean, the laws ain't wrong. But the FBI agent definitely doesn't want to listen into the conversation I've been having lately <laughs> with some people or read my messages on my phone because they are not suitable for anyone that has a stable mind. I've seen your taste in memes, so I honestly dread to think of them. Like <laughs> the comedic taste has definitely helped a lot of people get through this. I mean, I just saw the funny side in everything. It's just an interesting thing is actually the meme culture that's become a craze due to this virus i mean it's safe it's it's broken me down sometimes in tears with some of the stuff i see i think in the past week or week and a half there have been three massive meme templates you have the four guys outside the restaurant (laughs) you had bernie then take over and then trump storming the capital with his words and telling people to go absolutely mental everyone was just taking the piss out of america for that whole week then it turned on to those guys. Bernie steps in and saves the day by sitting there, <laughs> looking so down with himself and just not caring where he is, down with democracy. Bernie, the Bernie memes have absolutely buckled me. I don't know if you've seen a few of the Star Wars ones. There's a Bernie in a back tank, and he's oh. <laughs> oh. I I think I've sat in the house and have just made like a load of random ones like there's a photograph of my granda and i'll put it on the instagram once i post the the podcast up there's one of my granda when he got um a doctorate from the university of ulster the whole family's there my dad my mum my auntie all my dad's sort of aunties and uncles and then there's bernie in the corner, in the corner. <laughs> 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 i'm just getting that little kick of taking the piss and turning it off the people go oh, what do you think of that one there 
humour has been such a critical part of getting so many people through this past year. So when something does crop up, enjoy it because it's a little bit of an escape. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier. It's just something to distract you from the big bad world you're looking at the minute. It's just all about making the most of those moments, the ones you share with your close friends and yeah, just the laughs you share on a Zoom quiz. Just laughing at yeah. someone saying one of the stupidest answers you could possibly imagine. You've just <laughs> got to make the most of them at this current time. I know. I can remember it was the day of mum's funeral and we got ready as a family and went out and we're sitting in the middle of the service and you know, funerals aren't supposed to be a funny place but I couldn't help myself but just make little quips under my breath or like turn around the dad because for me that's like a little bit of medicine. Laughter is the best medicine. I enjoy making those little kind of jibes I suppose and the best one was the minister, Alan Craig, lovely man as well, was involved in bands for years in Northern Ireland and, you know, ex-service man too. He had so many great stories and he was just able to make you laugh on the day. And when he got up in the middle of mum's service, he was chatting away and doing a little piece that he had written and obviously reading a little bit of scripture as they normally do. And Jodie, my little sister then, was to go up and read a little poem that she had written. It was quite lovely. I had read it and was quite moved a couple of days before it. So Jodie got up to walk to the stage and the Reverend announced to everyone, there's going to be a little poem now from Jodie and Jordan if they want to come up and read it. And I was stunned. I was sitting there <laughs> going, I did not sign up to this. This was not This was not agreed beforehand. I'm not going anywhere. And what he had meant to do was, it was supposed to be my cousin Dylan went up and read it with her. So inside the church, we were in giggles of laughter <laughs> at the fact that <laughs> he had got the names wrong. So Dad and I were able to have a little chuckle there. And then later on in the service, he, God love him, he's, he's such a lovely man, I have to say this. But when we were singing one of the hymns, he got it wrong. He started <laughs> oh, singing the second verse instead of going back into a main part of it. And if it wasn't for my mum's cousins who were behind us, and they are church singers, actually drowning him out over the microphone and speakers inside, he would have ruined the entire thing. But again, all I could do was laugh. All I could do was sit there with a grin on my face thinking, mum is somewhere <laughs> looking down going, what the actual fuck are all of you guys doing down there? You can't even organise a funeral. You're all missing me. You're all absolute <laughs> wasters. I would have been better off just coming down there and doing the whole thing myself without letting you guys plan it. <laughs> just a subtle facepalm moment, but brilliant at the same time. <laughs> as soon as we sat, I sat down and just, like, didn't even have to say anything. Just slightly looked up the right-hand side at Rhiannon and slightly back to my left and looked at my dad and <laughs> thought to myself, what's gone wrong what's wrong with today unbelievable and then even afterwards like the reception and stuff some of the stories about <laughs> mum as well when you hear stories about mum from friends that she used to work with and they're absolute corkers you're hurting your sides laughing but then something clicks in your head and goes hold on i'm not supposed to be laughing today i felt guilty some of the time you know having it and even weeks after if i was laughing or i could hear laughter all i could think was you know what's funny nothing's yeah. funny anymore 
and I sort of lost a little bit in that way. But some of the times, I'm actually glad I had laughter because if I didn't have that laughter going on, personally, I would just have the silence and the darkness that sort of comes with that at times where you need that little bright light just to cheer you up. You should never feel bad about being, well, feeling happy, to be honest, because, I mean, that's what you need at times like that. Those little chuckles probably saved you more than anything, to be honest, and you don't... It's, is the small things that count, and that's one of the most important things that I try and take hold of now these days. I mean, you've just got to enjoy every moment you possibly can. The, the day of Mum's funeral, we you know we had the the laughter and we had the sadness and a whole stew pot of emotions just mixed in. And then at the end of the day, in the house, it was just me, my dad, and Jody, and we sat there, and that was it. And that, and it was that quiet that was like, well, what now? That 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 silence that we shared. That's when our brains finally kicked in and went, okay, so what do we do now? Because anyone who's unfortunately been in a scenario like that will know the organisation and planning with the funeral directors that goes into having a service. And you're too busy thinking about that and your house is constantly inundated with people calling around with food and cards and your phone is blowing up and it's just a, a whiz those four or five how many days it is and then suddenly it stops and it's now the days after or the days since. The days after it's like you said I mean I've gone through some of this not nowhere near what you've gone through but it's so quiet. That's the thing that catches you out the most is when nobody knows what to say and you just you're waiting for something to kickstart the conversation again. In a way, kickstart the moments again. I mean, that lull is one of the toughest things to overcome, but once you do, you all you've got to do is think of the positives and that'll just carry you through everything. Ryan Davies, thank you so much for coming on, mate. It was really nice to have a catch up with it's you. It's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for having me on and yeah, I wish you all the best carrying on with the future of your channel. It's been great. Uh, at some point down the line, I'll probably do like a Gwyn Street special. Although, fingers crossed, <laughs> if we can travel, I'll maybe come over and take it on the road. New Leaf Podcast goes to Wales. Oh, God. <laughs> You'll be going national soon, mate. You'll have to start going to different countries. Oh, I'll start doing tours of the UK and different town halls everywhere. Why would anyone want to pay to see me? I don't know. But again, thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. It's been a real pleasure to chat with you. All the best with work as well, and stay safe too. Thank you very much. The exact same to you. It's been a pleasure. If you are new to the channel and you're listening in, make sure to head over to the Instagram page, the New Leaf Podcast, and give it a follow. It'll be the best way to keep updated with giveaways, new episodes, and little bits of extra content as well. Also, check out the other episodes before this, which are available on Spotify or Castos. And as always, guys, keep safe. Take pride in everything you do, because you are all superstars. See you later. <laughs>